We're going to get into our Bible lesson for tonight. At the conclusion of this lesson, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, the plans for this weekend and our hope to reopen and have in-person services. So if you're a part of Mount Zion Baptist Church, stick around after the message and uh, we'll give you some more details about that. But for now, take your Bibles and open to the book of Luke and we're going to be in chapter 12 today. I hope even when you're watching these services at home, you have a, a Bible in hand and you're reading along and really looking at what God has to say to us. A lot's been said lately about fear and, and worry and anxiety, and rightly so because we're surrounded by it in our world. And so tonight I want to look at an alternative to that, really an antidote to fear and to worry and to anxiety to the cure for these things that are ruling so many people in Luke chapter 12 we're going to begin reading in verse number 22 and we'll read all the way through verses uh, 33 and 34 so Luke 12:22 Jesus is speaking teaching his disciples and He said unto his disciples, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat, neither for the body, what ye shall put on. The life is more than meat, and the body is more than raiment. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which neither have storehouse nor barn, and God feedeth them. How much more are ye better than the fowls? And which of you, with taking thought, can add to his stature one cubit? If ye then be not able to do that which is least, why take ye thought for the rest? Consider the lilies how they grow. They toil not, they spin not. And yet I say unto you that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothe the grass which is today in the field and tomorrow is cast into the oven, How much more will he clothe you, O ye of little faith? And seek ye not what ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, neither be ye of doubtful mind. For all the things, for all these things, do the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knoweth that ye have need of these things. But rather, seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell that ye have, and give alms. Provide yourselves bags which wax not old, a treasure in the heavens that faileth not, where no thief approacheth, neither moth corrupteth. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Let's pray together, and then we'll get into the lesson. Lord, it's good to gather around your word. And we're thankful for the comfort that you give us in your word. And fear and anxiety and these things can come over all of us, but there is a cure and you provide it for us. Help us, Lord, by faith to latch on to what you have to say to us tonight. Teach us, we pray in Jesus name. Amen. In verse 22, Jesus said, take 
no thought for your life. What he's really saying is don't worry about these things. Don't be anxious about these things. And when you, when you think about it, worry doesn't serve a real purpose, doesn't have a real benefit, does it? At the end of the day, we can never look back and, and see value in having spent hours or days worrying about something in life. It has no positive effect. Worrying about whether or not someone will get sick or not doesn't really add value to our life. Worrying about whether or not the government is going to try to come in and take over our lives, at the end of the day, it doesn't really provide any benefit to us, does it? Worry doesn't really serve a purpose, and yet, if we're not careful, we can all become a victim to worry. The disciples fell victim to worry and fear. It's why the Lord had to tell them not to take thought, not to worry about all these different things. In fact, it's why one of Jesus' most frequently given commands was this, fear not, because they were often prone to fear. We're often prone to fear. And so tonight I want to talk about our minds and keeping our minds on the right things. And I want to give three principles from the text that we just read on keeping our minds right. First of all, we must focus on things of greater importance. Or put negatively, we must avoid focusing on things of lesser importance. That's really what Jesus said here. Notice the things that he instructed them not to put their focus on in verse 22. Take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, neither for the body, what you shall put on. Don't worry about what you're going to eat for the next meal or if there's going to be something for you. Um, if you were to ask Lauren, my wife, what the question I ask more than any other, she might say, what's for dinner? Because I ask that question a lot, especially lately. There isn't a lot going on. And so dinner is kind of the, the biggest thing going right now. And breakfast sometimes I'll ask, what's for breakfast? This isn't exactly what Jesus is talking about here. He's telling the disciples not to worry about whether or not there will be a next meal. Don't be anxious about these things. And then he kind of reprimands them in verse 23. He says, The life is more than meat, and the body more than raiment. Your life is about more than the next meal. And then he asks this rhetorical question in verse 25, And which of you, with taking thought, can add stature, add to a stature one cubit. I can see him looking around at his disciples and asking them, looking them in the eye and saying, now, which one of you has the power, by thinking about it, can increase his stature? I'm sure a lot of you have spent time in your life wishing you could be a little bit taller. Many of you have expressed that to me. I just wish I could be a little bit taller. You've spent hours perhaps wishing, why is it he's taller than me? Why am I so short? And yet all of that time spent thinking about this seemingly important detail of your life hasn't added any height at all, has it? You're not any taller as a result of it. And then notice what Jesus says in verse 26. If ye then be not able to, to do that which is least, why take ye thought for the rest? He's saying these things are, are minor things, your height and the clothing that you're going to, to wear and, and where the next meal is going to come from. They're, they're, they're minor. And, and, and Jesus said, 
why are you worried about these things that are so small? And he goes on to say, don't you know that God feeds the ravens? They don't toil, they don't sow, they don't reap, they don't work for their food. God provides it. And he says this to them, don't you know that you are better than the ravens? God takes care of the lilies, he clothes them, and they're going to go into the oven, he says. But God still has care to clothe them. Don't you think God's going to take care of your needs as well? These things that the disciples were worrying about really showed a lack of faith on their part, didn't it? They had left everything. They had jobs. They were fishermen, many of them. Jesus had, had taken them from that life, so they'd given up their, their income. They had no income at this point. They're just followers of Christ, full-time followers and students. They left all of that, the security that they had in their occupation. They left all that, and they're following Jesus, and so they had times of concern. We followed him, but now what are we going to eat? Who's gonna, who's, we don't have any money. Who's going to provide for our next, for the clothing that we need coming up? And Jesus is telling them, don't worry about the small stuff. God's going to take care of that. He takes care of the birds. He takes care of the grass of the field. Don't you know that God will take care of you as well? They were exhibiting a lack of faith. But don't you think it's possible that we sometimes show that same lack of faith with our questions? And, and I don't just mean with the coronavirus Although that, I think, has exposed a lack of faith in many of us, hasn't it? It's exposed that we don't really rely on Christ like we should. We put a little bit too much confidence in ourselves. We put a little bit too much confidence in our jobs, in the healthcare system. Maybe we put a little bit too much confidence in our government and not enough confidence in the Lord. And if you are listening and you're refusing to admit that you sometimes exhibit a lack of faith in your life, then I would just encourage you to maybe look a little more deeply, a little more honestly within yourself, because all of us are prone to fear and worry. And so Jesus would say to us, like he said to them, don't sweat the small stuff. Don't worry about these small things. And so if our focus should not be on these things, then what should our focus be on? And Jesus is going to teach them that in the verses coming up. The second thing I want to notice, not only should we not focus on the things of less importance, but the second thing I want, I want to see is that we can choose what we focus on. If you look in verse 31, Jesus said, But rather seek ye the kingdom of God. So he says, don't put all of your concern on, on the small things, but rather, instead, seek the kingdom of God. And by Jesus telling them what not to focus on and what they should focus on implies to us that we can choose, we can determine what we're going to set our minds on. It reminds us of uh, Colossians chapter number three, when Paul says, if ye then be risen in Christ, with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. See, Christ isn't here on earth with us, um, short-minded, seeing things as we see them. He has a completely different perspective. He's seated in heaven at the right hand of God, outside the realm of time, able to see not only the past and the present, but also able to see the future. He's looking down and saying the things that you're worried about are very small. And so what Paul says is, don't 
seek the things here on the earth, but rather seek those things that are above. In verse 2 of the same chapter, he says, Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. So don't put all the focus and energy onto what you can see, but rather onto the things of God. Seek ye the kingdom of God. You'll notice that all of these are action verbs. In Colossians, seek those things which are above. Seek the kingdom of God. Set your affection on things above. These are all action verbs, things that we are to do. We can choose where we put our focus. We don't have to be controlled by our circumstances, although we often are. And how do we do that? How do we, how do we set our mind on things that, that we ought to set our mind on? How do, we, how do we keep focused on the things that we need to keep focused on? One way that we can do that is by remembering that our affections, the things that we're most concerned about, follow our treasures. Our affections follow our treasures. The things that we're most invested in will occupy the greatest part of our mind. Um, You're still in chapter 12 of Luke. Look in verse 33. Jesus says, after telling them what not to focus on, he says in verse 33, Sell that ye have and give alms. Provide yourselves bags which wax not old, a treasure in the heavens that faileth not, where no thief approacheth, neither moth corrupteth. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. What's Jesus telling them? If your mind is too wrapped up in the stuff of this earth, if your if your treasure is wrapped up in the stuff of this earth, your mind and your focus will be there as well. And if you have a problem with that, a cure is to stop wrapping everything up in this earth and begin investing in eternity. That's why he says, sell all that you have and give alms. Give offerings to things outside of yourself. Giving it really is the antidote for greed. If, if, if your tendency is to always be focused on what you have or what you don't have, giving away what you do have is a cure for that. Where your treasure is, your mind will follow, your heart will follow. The people who are the most concerned with the stock market collapse are those that have the most invested in it. The people that are most concerned about the kingdom of God are those that have the most invested in it. Those that financially invest in the kingdom of God. Those that give of their time to the things that matter to God. Those that invest time in prayer. Those are the people who have the, a mind on the kingdom of God. They're set, setting their affections above Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. If you're looking to stop worrying about today, about the things around you, to begin seeking after the kingdom of God, then one step toward that is to begin putting your treasure in that way, in that direction. Not only does um, where one puts his money reveal what he values, reveal his priorities, but they also direct his priorities. So where, you, where your treasures are shows, number one, what you care about, but it also, when you place your treasures in, in a certain direction, in a certain way, you'll, you'll begin to be more concerned with that as well. So we can focus on things that matter by first remembering that our affections follow our treasures. But another way we can keep our mind right is by remembering who God is. 
I love verse 32. Jesus says, Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. We see three aspects, really, of God's character in this verse. First of all, we see that he's our shepherd. Fear not, little flock. He's our shepherd. Shepherds care for the flock. Shepherds protect the flock. They care for the flock. Little flock, he says, we're we're small. We need protection. On our own, we have reason to fear. We have reason to be afraid because we're no match for the wolves and the lions and the bears that are always out to get the flock. We're no match, but we don't have to defend ourselves on our own because we have a shepherd who is our protector. But he's not just our shepherd. He's also our father. Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. That means he protects He cares for us, but he doesn't just protect us as a shepherd might who is earning wages. He's not a hireling. He's not just out to do a job, but he's a father who cares for us. He loves us. He's under no obligation. He does it willingly. Isn't that wonderful? It's his good pleasure to give us the kingdom. He delights in looking after us. He's not only a shepherd and a father, but he's also our king. It's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. He owns everything. He owns all that there is. We don't have to ever worry if there's going to be enough, if we're going to be provided, because the one who owns the cattle on a thousand hill is our father. He's our king and he's our shepherd. And it's him that we're to seek. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Matthew 6.33 says it like this, And his righteousness. We're to seek after what our king wants. We're to put, make his priorities our priorities. We're to seek him. So first we must avoid focusing on things of lesser importance. And secondly, we're to choose, because we can choose, what we focus on. And thirdly, I just want to end with this. When our focus is the Lord's kingdom, he'll take care of the rest. He'll take care of the other things that we often get so concerned about. Verse 31, he he shares that, but rather seek the kingdom of God and all these things, all these other things, where the next meal is going to come from, whether or not you're going to have clothing enough, the way that you look, All these other things, he'll take care of them. All these things shall be added unto you. By not fretting over these things, we're not resolving to the fact that we're never going to get what we want. We're not saying, well, I may starve, but that's okay because I'm following Christ. But rather we're saying, I know God's going to take care of all of this. I don't need to worry about that. I'm going to set my affections on things above, on eternity on things of eternal value, on things that the Lord is concerned about. Those are the things that I'm going to be concerned about knowing by faith, believing that God will take care of everything else. All these lesser things God will provide. In Psalm 37, 4, we we see, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. God will. We delight in Him. 
We don't delight in the things, we delight in him, and he'll give us the things that we want and the things that we need. God does care about your desires. He wants to see his children satisfied. Fear not, little flock. It's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. He's our king. But he's not an unconcerned king living in a palace far away, dictating to his subjects all his things that he wants and not really caring about them. He's, he's not that kind of a king. He's our shepherd, but he's not a hireling, one who just gets paid wages and makes sure that his job is done. He's more than that. He's a father who loves us and who takes good pleasure He's a shepherd, not who just gets paid. He's a shepherd, a good shepherd, who lays down his life for his sheep. He's a shepherd who left the 99 to pursue after us, to pursue after the one who was far from him. That's how much our Lord loves us. And knowing who God is, that we have this king, this shepherd, this father who who gives and takes pleasure in giving, knowing who God is, there's really no reason for us to worry or to fret. We will sometimes. Our minds will begin to lose focus on what they should be and will begin to be instead intent on looking at the circumstances around us. But our Lord is always drawing us, drawing our minds, set your affections on things above where Christ sitteth on the right hand. Of the Father. Set your affections on the things that He's concerned about, on the things that are pleasing to the Father, on obeying His word, on, on being kind one to another, on, on reaching out and being a witness, a, te a testimony for Christ and for the gospel, of, of being a person who prays without ceasing of being one who, who lifts up the, the downhearted. This, these are the things that God has called us to that are near to his heart. And these are the things that our mind should be focused on. And my prayer is, as we move into a new chapter of our lives in the weeks ahead of finally things getting a little bit back to normal and going back to church and going back to mingling with people and being around people more often, that our minds will, will shift from negativity that has been so surrounding us to the things that would be pleasing to God, being a witness that we should be, being a testimony for Christ of the goodness of God, being an example for every believer. Let's pray. Father, your word is so encouraging and comforting. Thank you for the Example that you show us here in, in the Gospels of the disciples who were lacking in faith and for the patience that you had with them, for this teaching time that you had with them, where you showed them, Lord, that they didn't have to focus on, on their present circumstances, but rather they were to focus on heavenly things, knowing and believing that you would protect them and take care of the rest. I pray, Lord, for every person who is listening now and watching, God, that you would help us to, to, to receive this message, to not be short-sighted, but to set our affections on things above, or to live, have a desire to, to follow Christ, to be examples to those around us as you have been our example. In Jesus' name, amen.
Well, I wanted to just take a moment and share with you our thoughts about this weekend. It's been seven weeks now that we've not been able to meet together. We've been uh, doing video lessons and video singing, and and I know our people have been very faithful to um, reaching out to one another and encouraging one another. And I hear, I just know that our relationships, the bond that we have, is not not severed by distance. Hopefully, it's growing stronger. But Lord willing, we're going to be able to meet together beginning this Sunday. That'll be the 10th of May. And we will only have one service in the morning and one in the evening for this week at least. At least. We won't have any Sunday school. So we'll meet at uh, 11 o'clock here at the church and then again at 6 o'clock. And we'll be live streaming those services as well for those that are not able to come. And we won't have any nursery uh, this week. We won't have any children's classes. Everybody will meet together. And we'll have the chairs spread out so that we can distance from one another. Families, of course, will sit together. And we, we are asking that all families would stay together. And you're probably planning on that anyway. Often our, our young people will sit together at the front or different places. But for at least for now, we're asking that all of our, our families would sit together. And we will... Um, allow opportunities for the seats to be apart from other families so we can keep our distance. Um, we're going to, you know, discourage hugging and handshaking and all of those things um, for, for now. We won't have a handshaking time, of course, and we just want we want people to be able to come. We want you to be able to come and uh, be comfortable coming and not be concerned that by coming you're going to have to shake hands and things like that. And so, um, Pastor mentioned this on Sunday. If you want to wear a mask, you're welcome to do that, and no one's going to, um, you know, look down at you or anything for that. Not everyone will have masks on, but some will, I'm sure, and that's quite all right. We want you to come. We want you to be comfortable. For anyone who is concerned about coming, if you have maybe a, a medical condition and you're concerned about getting out, we understand that not everyone will come at first, and and that's okay too. We're going to keep streaming these online. Um, I, I want to say a word to families that have small children. Um, we, we have small children that are not used to sitting in services, and as you probably have, we've, we've um, been reminded over the past few weeks uh, of how much we appreciate our nursery workers as our kids have been uh, running around sometimes during church. Um, and so we know that if you come to church on Sunday, your kids are going to be sitting with you. And we know that kids are going to be making noise and crying and things like that. And I just want to encourage you to make an attempt to come. Don't stay home because you're afraid that you might, your, your, your child might embarrass you or that other people might have a problem with it. Um, because we're, I, that won't be the case. Um, we, we're going to expect it. We're just, we, we know that our, our kids are going to make some noise and they're not used to sitting still for, um, for an hour. And so I hope that you'll come, hope they'll come and it'll be a great time just to see everybody. We're so looking forward to it. If you have any questions, always reach out to us and we'll put some, um, we'll send out some information to our church family, uh, maybe more specifically about what to expect Sunday and some things that we're going to be doing to accommodate, uh, the social distancing that we've been hearing so much about. Well, it's been good to see you, and it's going to be really good to see you on Sunday. God bless.